still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. You admire it. I admire its purity. A survivor, unclouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. Hey everyone, and welcome to Game On Girl, our latest blog and podcast episode. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This week, we'll be talking about recent geeky news in our headline show. And we'll have a show and tell about our favorite geek desk ornament. So stay tuned, and thanks for listening to Game On Girl. As always, there's something to be excited about, angry about, and indifferent about on the internet right now. And we've picked a few recent articles to talk about this week. So um, where do you want to start, Rhonda? We've got quite a collection here. Um, yeah, yeah. And it is very interesting, too. That um, I actually had a day last week where I was reading the news, and I just got f- so frustrated and so <laughs> upset. I, I closed all my windows and was depressed for an entire day. So. <laughs> oh, wow. It was, it was, yeah, it was hard to, hard to uh, come up with a headline show. And then they just started rolling in. But Right, yeah. Um, um, I thought maybe we might start on a high note with uh, No Princess in the Castle. All right. This was tweeted quite a bit last week, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe part of it was because the Kickstarter had just wound up. Right. And they got funded. Uh, no Princesses in the Castle is a documentary that's being done by, um, I can't remember the name of their company, Willow something film group, but it's uh, Dave Danzara and Natalie Rossetti. Yes. And they've done some documentaries, geeky documentaries before. Um, this one, I have to say, did you watch the trailer? I did, yes. Um, said nothing. It was, <laughs> if I had watched that trailer, I would have not funded Kickstarter because it really just didn't tell me anything. Right. The image on the website is amazing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the still image uh, is gorgeous that i would have just thrown money at them for that no just from <laughs> the picture yeah it was just gorgeous but um basically um this is what they have to say no princess in the castle lends a sensitive yet informative look into the feelings that compel the gamer to game the programmer to create dreams that provoke emotion all the while opening the door on a world of gaming from the personal perspectives via a spectacular cast of supportive contributors. So basically they're interviewing a lot of gamers, some of them professional, right. uh, some professional in the industry, <clears throat> and uh, they're all female. Yes, yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all women who work in the game industry, so sort of differentiating itself that way. Yeah, but I still can't quite tell what the documentary is about besides just they keep saying something about, uh, let's see, like breaking this, punching through the peripheral shadows and entering the gaming world center stage. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what they're breaking through and I don't know what they're accomplishing. I, it's, it's kind of timey wimey to me. So, <laughs> I, but I'm very excited for everybody to know, though, that we're going to have the directors on the show to talk about it. Yes. Yeah, we've so already. So very, very happy yes. about that. Yeah, well, I can't wait to find out more about it and to have a chance to talk with them and pick their brains about how this project came about and, like you mm-hmm. said, kind of what the what the mission or what the main idea is and is what they're kind of driving for. 
Yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to bring it up is because the documentary is coming. They do have a track record and we are going to have them on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That should be fantastic. Cool. Well, another article that we were talking about, another positive article really was um, how to get girls into coding that was in Mm -hmm. the, the New York Times. Um, and I really, I saw this in a couple of places and I had checked it out when I saw it. And, um, I wore, when I worked at IBM a lifetime ago, I actually worked at a summer camp that we did a week long summer camp for, um, junior high age girls to get them in the research center, Mm. um, and have them check out kind of the science and, uh, see what research was, see what computer research was, so they could kind of get inspired or interested in it. And um, so I've always kind of followed that as as kind of a sideline from from having done that. And this looks like it's pretty much lining directly up with that. Let's make coding a language kids learn in school. Yeah. Well, and the the article is by Natasha Nik- uh, Tiku, and she's exploring the idea of okay. We, we are um, horribly deficient in women in technology, so how do we do this? And she right. mentioned several things, um, most of which I had never heard of. Um, Code.org, I had mm-hmm. never heard of, um, is an initiative um, put together by Bill Gates, Amazon, Google, and Mark Zuckerberg to get, kid, to get programming as part of the basic curriculum in school, period, mm-hmm. right. public yeah. school. Yep. Brilliant idea. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and then she goes on to mention, okay, why aren't there more kids interested? And basically points out that gaming has been the gateway for most girls to get into programming. And mm-hmm. she feels like we should put a whole lot more emphasis on this. Right. Uh, Minecraft being a big one and Neopets. Yeah. Uh, also, um, Scratch was a great initiative. It's it's still slowly making its way around. I know some of the um, some of the little girls I know that play games, especially Minecraft, uh, thought thought Scratch was amazing uh, way to go out there and make something actually animated and do something. I don't actually know what Scratch is. It's a, a, a teaching tool for kids to learn how to program. Oh, okay. And it's very visual. It's uh, drag and drop. It. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I forget how old Ellie was at the time when she started um, doing the programming, but she was 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and out there using Scratch to program with. I, I believe it was created by MIT. Mm-hmm. And it's a brilliant little program. Cool. And apparently there's some others out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've heard of a couple of different things. I have a friend who's, you know, very consciously raising geeky daughters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's one of the things that he talks about is getting them interested in, in coding. And they're like, you know, six and nine right now, I think. so. Yeah. And I think back on when I was in school and uh, one of the other things that um, – uh, Natasha, is that her name? I don't yeah. Remember. Yeah, Natasha. Another uh, one other thing that Natasha mentions is uh, female mentors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a whole lot of girls that just need an extra little push, or they yep. just don't know that they can do this. Right, and they don't have anybody that they can see who does this kind of work or do you know yeah. these kinds of jobs. That's part of what we were doing when I was at IBM. Was that initiative and that summer camp was driven by the women who worked at IBM Research, or you know. 
few and far between in uh, you yeah. know high-end computer research. So it was really interesting to watch the kids kind of brought, blossom and grow as they saw other women mm. and worked with other women on these projects. So yeah, yeah. So if you're um, if you're a parent, it's it's extremely difficult. I mean, how do you expose your kid to all the possibilities of the things that they could do? You also hope that the school counselors care enough to help explore those ideas and that there are, you know, public resources, free resources um, for kids to explore um, possibilities. But, you know, I'm just thankful that computers are so much more prolific and more available so that if they can get on and (laughs) play games where they're learning. I love the story that Natasha told at the beginning about how she learned geography. Uh By Carmen um, Sandiego. Yeah. I I love that, that game. It's just brilliant. So much. It was so much fun. I'm. I'm kind of sad that I don't know if you can still get it or if they still make it. But if they don't, they should do a. They should do a Kickstarter to bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> it really was a great game. It was a great learning tool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, gaming, which we're not surprised, a gateway to uh, the it's tech industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the next segment is just a bunch of uh, quick headlines. I just I found some of the latest stuff that was going on. Just wanted mm-hmm. to read through real quickly. Um, the latest demo video for Alien Isolation, the video game, is mm-hmm. out. IGN reviewed it and videotaped their People employees playing, playing it. it. Yeah. Um, the the marketing is trying to beef up the scare factor of right. Alien right. Isolation, like. They need that. It's just going to be scary. <laughs> they already have enough of a cult following, you would think. But, you know, dress it up as a scary game. Not, not a bad move. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and then Geek and Sundry this week, uh, the first episode of Spooked, Spooked came out. Did you yep. get to see that? I have not had a chance to watch it yet. Did you get to see it? Yeah, I saw it quickly today. And nice. it was really fun. And you'll recognize a lot of faces. I'm sure very nice. That does tend to be the way it works. So yeah, very nice. I'm always happy. I love to see them doing more scripted stuff. I love the vlog <laughs> material that they have up, and we've had some of the bloggers on the show, but I really do like the scripted material that they put together, so I'll have to check it out. Um, and this, uh, this, this one is interesting, irri- yeah. Yeah, this one irritated me yeah. to no end, and I, I put it in at the last minute because it just made me so mad. Uh, is this one of the headline- ones that made you shut down the computer that day? No, 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 no. Okay. This came up today. Okay. Um, the headline, and I can't remember yet, yeah, Jezebel, um, several designers refused to make Melissa McCarthy an Oscar dress. Yeah. You can't really say anything to that. It's just, well, it's so it, awful mean, that I can't, I can't believe it. <laughs> you, you don't know why. No. But some, oh, an actress, a popular actress a successful, yeah. a successful, well-liked actress is going to be on the red carpet. Right. Why and would these you take the opportunity? Yeah, they're falling yeah. all over themselves to get on there. Yeah. Yeah. And she's adorable. She I is. She's great. Her. I mean, you know, to have her as a spokesperson for, for a line of clothes or for anything would be fantastic. You totally get, you know, people love her. She's love a her classic. Movies. She is. She's fun. She's, you know, and she found a designer, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. uh, part of what she said? She found a designer. She did. She did added. find a designer and uh, was very, very happy with them. Yeah, and um, then is continuing to work with that designer, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she, and she's a class act. She doesn't mention the designers who turned her down. No, she doesn't. That was really, I mean, that was nice to, for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, she's smart because, yeah. um, number one, it doesn't no do anybody any good. Exactly. And it also gives the designers a moment to have some redemption. I mean, you like people yeah. to learn. Yeah. Well, you And, hope, and to least. grow, you know. Yeah. So. Hope, at least. Yes. Um, the other thing was uh, Lego does um, an idea set, apparently, and I didn't finish reading the article, I don't know whether you know more about this or not, but uh, they get several submissions about um, ideas for their next right. sets or what they're going to do, and they picked up a mini minifigure. Do you ever get any of the minifigures? They're so cute. Yes, I have several of them. Yeah. Um, the next set, this summer, I believe, or this winter, is going to be uh, a female scientist minifigure set. Yeah, it's going to so include. Cool. Yeah, going to include three female scientists, and I loved, I loved the submissions. They were just fantastic. It's such a great idea. Yeah, it really is. It really is one of those moments where it's like, yes, go Lego. That's really yeah. fantastic. You can go out Very and support nice. that. <laughs> you can go out and support them. Our last article was about not supporting certain people who we don't have names of, and this is go out and buy more Legos. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're just. Yeah, they're getting it. They're, yep. they're, they're, they're doing it right, which is funny because yep. we're going to talk about a company that doesn't do it right in a minute. <laughs> and then did, yep. you, did you see this or um, did I let you know about the uh, fight Tumblr zine? No, I, I only saw this when I looked at the notes for the show. So. The, um, the lady is Jen Woodall and she does zines, which I've, I've, right now it's on Tumblr, but she's going to actually do a print book. Mm -hmm. And she's getting artist submissions to uh, create original female superhero characters. And the artists are mixed. I believe they're, they're male and female mm -hmm. mixed artists. And the first book is already packed. They've got about 37, 34 artists. And it's going to be called Fight Round One. There, she's open to submissions. I immediately got excited about it, but I just don't have time. And also, uh, it looks like um, she's dealing mostly right now with professional artists and illustrators. But submissions are open. Go yeah. out there. Send her you your know. Uh, original fighter uh, female protagonist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If anything, oh, they're agree. posted. She posts them on the Tumblr. So right. they're so, so fun to look at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Some great material on it. I, I spent a good 10 minutes perusing it after I saw it today. Some good stuff. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, I'm actually going to let you talk about this next article because I only know a little bit about Doctor Who. So I'm going to let you do the, uh, the Doctor Who. That's on my list this year, this year's to watch some Doctor Who. So. Well, I'm still, ca I'm still catching up with the old Doctor Who. I've, mm -hmm. watched, I've watched the first Doctor. Mm -hmm. And then I've watched all of the modern doctors. Um, I just thought the conversation was interesting. And the main reason that I pulled it up, um, it was an article in the Mary Sue where they were, they were launching off of comments made by the creator, Stephen Moffat, um, who said, I'll, I'll, I'll just read what, what all he said here in reference to a female doctor. Right. And I think the buzz over the last casting was even bigger mm -hmm. uh, and they came out with you no know, um, cast actor um, 
casting is the dark arts of television. It is everything. That decision decision is central and absolute to everything you do. It's the difference between a television program and a sensation. And I think that's very insightful. I think it's very easy to sit on this side of the politics yeah. and the story making and an industry, a franchise industry like Doctor Who and say, you should Cast do this. a woman. Yeah. Um, I, I think that as far as that goes, Stephen Moffat's comments are very, very smart. Now, the other reason that I brought it up is what um, the Mary Sue did is they went looking for what all the other doctors have said <laughs> about what do you think? Do you think right. a woman should play the doctor? And right. almost every single one of them except one says, yeah, why not? Go ahead, yeah. do it. Right. And I thought his comments were very interesting. He said, um, this is Peter Davison. He was the fifth doctor. Mm -hmm. I've never quite liked the idea of a female doctor. I think they've found a perfect situation now in the modern show where they have a slightly faulted doctor with all his mad genius and you have the strong woman as his companion. I think if you reversed it, it would be difficult because you'd have the woman as a mad genius, but is she vulnerable? And then you've got a strong man as the companion. And I think he has a point. I think, I think you could write it the correct way, but I, th I definitely think you have to, to change things because I love the idea of constantly watching the idea that the doctor is immortal Mm -hmm. He keeps regenerating. He's he's this time lord. He right. has the screwdriver to anything, but he's so faulty. He still has got so much to learn, and I think that's part of the reason why he has to get in touch with humanity, with this companion, who is the the person who causes him to grow and mature and to regain his humanity. And I don't know if the audience is going to have. I don't know whether the audience would completely accept a doctor, a female doctor who is that flawed and immature. I mean, I like seeing the strong, the companions, the strong one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I can, I, I can give a nod to that, I guess is what I'd say. I, I can see, and I can see as the, you know, the producer said, you, you don't want to mess with your formula. Um, but if we look at characters like Bones, uh, for example, that's the first sort of character that comes to mind. You look at Bones and um, and Booth and Seely Booth, and Bones is very much that sort of flawed, um, overly secure scientist type, and and Booth is the vulnerable, emotional, you know, grounding. Yeah. Um, and and I think that. And it works. I mean, obviously it works. Mm -hmm. Like I said, and as we talked about a couple of times in our rap sessions, you know, Bones has probably gone on a little longer than it should. Um, it, it has to be popular enough to, to yeah. carry and to continue, you know, continue them making it. So, yes, where I, ca I can see where that might be true. I also think it, it would make still make an, an intriguing, you know, proposition to make the doctor a woman and there's nothing that says that the companion has to be a man as well I mean the companion could be another woman it could be two friendships it could be I mean there's so many more possibilities that you could open it up to rather than saying you know this is where we're succeeding so let's keep succeeding here and, yeah. and keep doing the same thing so 
Well, and I'm, you know, I'm not even sure either that it's just, it's just where they're succeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I completely agree that the, the, um, the storyline, you just explained with Bones, mm-hmm. works perfectly. Right. But it was not previously established with the uh, genders yeah. flipped. Yeah. And yeah. That's, where, that's where I think that they've got a very complicated thing. Um, is yeah. they've already got something established with this with a, a sex identity mm-hmm. with the doctor and that strong woman. I mean these these women are looked back on as these anchors, these these people that 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 grounded the situation and pulled things in and gave it balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be interesting to have both as females. Yeah, I, I really like that idea. Yeah, I think that that would be intriguing, but but I also think it's cutting sort of male characters short to say they couldn't hold that role or couldn't do that as well. Oh no, I think yeah. they definitely could. Yeah, I'm just not sure. The, the, the audience the is going to feminist accept it. audience. Yeah, I, is fickle because mm-hmm. if you get a woman in there that is anchored by a man, I still don't think they're going to be happy. Yeah. Because that that's the that's the role that he plays. You know but what they should do? <laughs> what should they do? <laughs> they should call us. They should they should. <laughs> they should do a web series. Well, now they've got split. a lot of they've got a lot of fan fiction. Yeah, but not fan, but actually done by the BBC, you know, a, a kind of sideline. Because I mean you have plenty of ways with Doctor Who, with Time Lords, with the changing, with the whole, you know, thing to open up new storylines. And they could have a storyline that's exclusively web based and have it be this, you know, maybe, you know, have a female doctor or a male companion and see what happens and see how it's how it's, you know, responded to. Yeah. Um, just as kind of a test a test way to do it because You'd have the population to watch it. You know, Whovians are, are a big deal. So, yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, the last comment, I love this. Um, Paul McGann, who's the eighth doctor, um, said, Tilda Swinton as Doctor Who. Can you imagine that? Just tell me you wouldn't watch that. And it was like, oh, my God, yes, I would. Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> and I think, that, I think we ought to have a show. It needs to be a few weeks in the future where we try to cast the female doctor and the male doctor, oh, uh, the male awesome. companion, oh, and totally see what we that. can come up with. But yeah. it'll take some time. Yeah, yeah, it would totally take some time. Yeah. All right, so, so Star Wars is in the news again. Yeah. Isn't it always in some way? No. <laughs> Talk about hot button. Rhonda's like, I had to take a very long drink off. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight, Rhonda? <laughs> uh, my hubby made me up a chocolate martini. Nice. So finish off your chocolate martini before we start this discussion. All right. So as we know, Disney owns Star Wars now. <laughs> and who did they not include as a Disney princess in their, their marketing and merchandise? <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. There's a princess in Star Wars? <laughs> Let <Yes>. me think. <laughs> huh. Let me think about this. Who was that? Well, and it's interesting the way it came up. Right. That somebody actually tweeted to to the Disney store. The I think it's a Disney store, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what the, the big complaint is, is the, the merchandise 
in the Disney store. Right. And there was a consumer who was in the Disney store and she's like, um, my kid would like some Princess Leia stuff. Why don't you have any Princess Leia stuff? And the a Disney rep replied and said, currently there are no plans for Leia products at Disney store. Yeah. And then the internet exploded. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm, the internet still exists. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm surprised all the tubes didn't just, you know, combust at once. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because I went out to, um, I went out to their product line to look at what their Disney store stuff is and there is not a single product that features Leia. She's in the cast on some t-shirts right. with others. Right, right. But nothing. But there is a Lando Calrissian t-shirt and there is not a Princess Leia. There is an Ewok figure. Right. And there is not a Princess Leia. Yeah. It's, there it, is a Jar Jar Binks figure. They should know better. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> if anybody made fans angry, <laughs> it was Jar Jar Binks. So, so this established there is a problem. Right. Okay. Now then, what my other issue is, is the way that people were talking about it. Okay? Okay. Now then, what was said um, in one of the articles, uh, parents took to Twitter last week to protest the fact that Disney Store contains almost no Star Wars themed gear for girls. Mm-hmm. Even though it's chock full of play things for boys. Right. Okay, that's not right. Right. Okay, right. so what... And and they went on though it, toward the end of the article. Let me let me p- get the three corners. Um, while most girls who love Star Wars are perfectly happy playing with toys meant for boys, it's an odd move for a company built on gendered marketing to ignore our demographic. Right. Yeah. So so Disney's got a couple of sins here. Number one, they completely ignored Princess Leia. Right. Number two, they do gendered marketing. Right. Well, I mean, that's what Disney's about. Disney draws yes. very, you know, distinct gender lines, um, which they're breaking a little bit with, um, with some of the new stuff that they're doing. Um, like Frozen, you know, kind of broke through some of that. And um, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. You know, so there there have been they they are kind of breaking out of it, being quite so. You know, cars is for boys, and you mm-hmm. know, princesses are for girls. They're 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 breaking out of that a little bit. So hopefully, more of that is kind of coming. Uh, but to to miss the opportunity to create Princess Leia merchandise is it's it's just shameful. Like you said, yeah, it, it's, it it's is. definitely a sin. And 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 to consider that toys like Jedi toys are only meant for boys. Yeah. See, if you go That's to the website to store, it's divided. You click on uh, merchandise for girls or merchandise for boys, so and amazing. the merchandise for boys is like two, three pages long. The merchandise for girls, four products. And there's all the stuff I wanted to buy was on the boys site. Right. So why are you defining it? Because I mean, yeah, well, am I? You know, Star Wars people can get on me, but isn't Princess Leia a Jedi? 
I mean, isn't that what they said in the second in the second film that that Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda were talking? It's like, no, there's another one. Oh yeah, yeah. She has the same the same. Well, she's the same bloodline as Luke. She just yeah. doesn't have any of the training that he had. The so small amounts of training that Luke had. So playing playing with the the that's that's the thing that that bothered me about the talk is that you would say gear themed for girls. Right. That's not what we want. We don't right. want pink Jedis. Right. Right. We don't want to call these boys and these girls. They're right. all toys. I mean, yeah, you know, they should be for everybody. I, you know, I had yeah. Hot Wheels grown up and I had yeah. all the original, I wish I still had all the original Star Wars toys from when they came out that my mom bought at like a secondhand store for like $10 one day, you know, like with the Millennium Falcon that had the, the yes. fingers in it. She bought one packed with everything in it for like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I played with that for years and and that's a boy's toy, you know, and it's just, it's yeah. just stupid because, you know, there should be no, no gender with toys. Toys are toys. It shouldn't matter. So yep. let's hope that Disney gets their act together. Rant, rant. After, after the, the internet did explode and there was a lot of angry stuff going on. So maybe they'll, maybe they'll get with that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Some Lego put it back together though. Lego did put it back together, or at least Lego. So go out and buy Legos and don't buy together by Legos, and we're all happy. (laughs) Just don't step on it. Yes, exactly. Uh, Well, those are our headlines for this week. Um, Let us know whether or not that you like the video podcast. Uh, Let us know any headlines you'd like us to discuss. And uh, next, we're going to talk about show and tell. Let's talk about our favorite geeky desk ornament. All right. I, as always, am breaking the rules, Rhonda. Oh, man. Because I have two. Because they, they go together. And I'm oh, using well. your, yeah, I'm using your, um, your display method this time. So can you oh. see this? Oh, you serious? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Now, is it a game or what? what? No, it's, it's just a, it's a, it was actually had candy in it. It was a candy container that I bought for Christmas. Or oh, that was helpful. actually, I didn't buy it. It was in my stocking at Christmas. So it's a little Space Invaders um, arcade stand. Arcade machine. <laughs> yeah. love it. I've never seen anything like yeah. it. Yeah, and I have, to go with it, I also have, um, I also have Pac-Man. Oh, yeah, see, that counts. You, yes, definitely, they, that counts. Yeah, so um, the Pac-Man one is cool because we're at the Space Invaders. It's just like a flat screen here. Uh-huh. But the the Pac-Man one is actually like an angled I, screen, just like, like it actually yeah. looked in the uh, in the arcades back in the day. So now, weren't you a Ms. Pac-Man person though? I was a Ms. Pac-Man okay. person, but of course they didn't have a little candy thing of Ms. Pac-Man. They only had Pac-Man. But those are great. Yeah, I I love them. I mean, I just and are they're they really they're, or they're metal. Yeah, they're metal. They are, they are, yeah, they're metal, little metal containers, and they had, you know, like, actually, this one still has his candy in it. <laughs> I guess I oh, yeah, that wouldn't last long with me. <laughs> well, if it was chocolate, it probably wouldn't have lost, lasted yeah. long, but they're just, like, little, like, um, kind of, like, sweet tarts, so. Yeah. Yeah, so those two. My, my oh, little, that's fantastic. My little desk arcade. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could make that arcade sound when you Yeah, I know, right? 
<laughs> so what did you have for your uh, your geeky desk? Well, mine's a little mine's a little bulkier, mainly because it's it's permanently attached to my desk, kind of. Oh, so okay. I've got a monitor here, and I'm going to display my monitor-sized mobile. That's really cool. It's Obviously, you don't have cats. No. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> and I think you see it better like this. Yeah, you can see it better that way. Yep. And um, a friend of mine bought that for me. I'd never seen or heard anything like it off of Etsy. They're still for sale out there. She bought it for me years ago. Um, Leah's Glass Creations. She's in Portland. Yay. And um, they make them for like your rear view mirrors and um, she makes larger ones to decorate in the house with. Oh, but that so. one she's got displayed with um, stuck on your monitor. And I just think that's a beautiful way to bring some art and into put it kind in of office. a utilitarian space. Yeah. 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 Very, very nice. Yeah. Very like nice. It. Yeah. Very pretty. I went on her site too, and you you should go look at her site. There's lots of cool stuff. I love. She had some really vibrant colors going on too. Mm -hmm. Really cool. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so you guys can send us your pictures of your favorite desktop ornaments. I I didn't even begin to touch the surface here. I mean, my desk is constantly packed. I actually have a box on the side to of rotate the through. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Just tons and tons of. I mean, dice and I sent you a picture one time on my desk. Yes, you did. Yes, Pointing out all the all the yeah, stuff, all the oh. different things. Oh, I should point out too. I'm wearing um, I'm wearing D20 earrings. I was wondering what those were. I couldn't tell that they were 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're actually oh, dice. They're actually dice. So they're actually dice that somebody you know put a little post in so you could wear them as earrings. So they're D20. Not too heavy. No, they do kind of bobble, and I kind of have that like, why is my head raw? You know, bobbling around going on, but but they're they're pretty cool. Oh, tons of awesome, cool, geeky yes. toys. So much geeky stuff in the world. It's fantastic. Well, we are... Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is what the listeners don't hear. Yeah, don't, like, audio people don't hear this. But our viewers get to watch. <laughs> yeah. And they might, well, might as well know that this is almost always the point at which Rhonda screws up. And uh, <laughs> our wonderful editor makes Rhonda look good. Uh, you've been listening to Game On Girl. You can find all our social media connections on our website, GameOnGirl.com. I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at RoRoom. That's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. And I'm also uh, pretty prolific on Tumblr. I put a lot of our ideas out there, links yeah. of articles and stuff. A lot of stuff we're working on. So you should definitely follow Rhonda on Tumblr. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. Um, Twitter on DocLiz with two Zs. Uh, thanks for watching our, uh, our, our video podcast here. Rhonda, what do you have coming up in terms of events? Um, well, by the time this video is out, I will be in uh, Raleigh at Maker Fair, my very first Maker Fair. But after that, in uh, mid-June, I'm going to be in Nashville at UtopiaCon, which uh -huh. is a uh, woman-targeted uh, sci-fi fantasy writers conference for young adult and new adult fiction. Yeah. So it's all about um, four female writers, about female writers, um, I've never been before, so I'll be reporting back. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you have to say and how uh, how how that turns out for you. 
Looking forward to it. Yeah, that all should be fun. Yeah, so send us your geeky desk ornaments, pictures, welcome. If we get enough, we'll create a gallery on the website. Yep. Uh, and let us know if there's any headlines that come across that you'd like to hear on and I um, talk about. We're always open to your ideas. Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher Streaming. You can also follow us on FrontBurner. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, GameOnGirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media. And the theme song, Good Day, by Triple Fox, is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, drink on! Oh, wait. <laughs> Game on! <laughs> <laughs>